This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Clinical Presentation of Congenital Heart Disease in the First Week of Life, Arrhythmias, by Dr. Michael Freed. Introduction My name is Michael Freed, and I'm a pediatric cardiologist at Boston Children's Hospital and at Harvard Medical School. So we finished murmurs. Let's go to arrhythmias. In the newborn period, the heart can be too fast, too slow, or irregular. Irregular heart rate. Let's start with irregular. I think this is by far the most common. I used to get a lot of calls from primary care doctors around that they heard it, they were in the nursery, they listened to a child they were going to discharge, the heart rate was irregular, they got an electrocardiogram, and the baby was having atrial or ventricular premature beats. What should they do? I always told them the same thing, that if the baby otherwise looks okay and doesn't have a murmur or heart failure or cyanosis, if it's still there in a month, just give me a call and we'll figure out what to do. I think it's probably benign. I think the babies have very high catechol levels uh, and one of the auxiliary pacemakers just fires off and gives you frequent extra heartbeats, uh, even sometimes bigeminy or trigeminy. As long as they're not having runs of ventricular tachycardia or have symptoms from it, I think it's benign uh, over the next few days or weeks as the catechol levels, these things usually calm down. Uh, and are not a problem in the future, and we've not seen any long-term uh, problems from this. Bradycardia. When I'm talking about too slow, I'm, I mean rates in the 60s and 70s. <clears throat> These are almost all from congenital complete heart block. And kids with congenital complete heart block come in two different flavors. One, with heart disease, these are usually L-transpositions or some other form of complicated congenital heart disease or without heart disease or without structural heart disease. And these are almost all maternal lupus or antinuclear antibodies that somehow attack the conduction system. But these kids sort of raise a question, why do these kids with heart rates that are so slow do okay? Uh, in utero, the stress response is to increase heart rate, and these kids can't really do that. And there are not very many catechol receptors, so they don't have much of an ability to, to deal with stress. Why do kids with heart rate do so well? Well, we don't really care much about heart rate. What we're really interested in is cardiac output. And cardiac output is a function of heart rate and stroke volume. And what happens is these kids are just able to increase their stroke volume significantly so they can make up for the deficit in heart rate. When you're born, the work of the heart doesn't change very much. Okay? The work of the heart is generating a pressure and pumping a volume of blood, the old pressure volume loop 
They probably learned about in medical school. The work of the heart is the area inside this curve. And when you're born, the pressure doesn't change very much. The fetus is generating a pressure of 70 or 80 millimeters above amniotic fluid as you are when you're born. And the volume doesn't change very much. So the work of the heart doesn't change very much. So these children who did okay in utero with congenital heart block usually do okay after they're born as well. They only get into trouble when they really have to increase their cardiac output significantly, um, which interestingly can usually deal with feeding and toddling around. Uh, in our area, they tend to get into trouble uh, in kindergarten or first grade uh, with town soccer. The kids with congenital heart disease, however, they can get into difficulty much sooner because remember, they've really maximized their stroke volume. So even a relatively simple disease like ventricular septal defect, when the pulmonary resistance drops, they start developing a significant left to right shunt. And these kids have already maximized their stroke volume. Uh, so they have great difficulty if they do have structural heart disease. So our job as, as cardiologists or as uh, primary care doctors is to figure out of these kids with congenital heart block which have structural heart disease. If they have structural heart disease, then you have to watch them very carefully because they don't tolerate it very well. The ones without structural heart disease, as I mentioned, usually don't get into difficulties in the perinatal period and frequently go long periods of time before actually needing any help, usually a pacemaker. Tachycardia. Too fast, these, when I'm talking about too fast, usually talking about greater than 200 beats per minute. Um, these are usually supraventricular tachycardias, can be atrial flutter, and very infrequently atrial fibrillation. I would say this is probably 90%, 9%, and 1%. Atrial fibrillation is quite uncommon because usually you don't have a large enough, you need a large atrium to uh, support the electrical uh, fibrillatory waves. Uh, so we don't really see that very often in the newborn. These newborns can be quite sick with a very rapid heart rate that shortens diastolic filling of the coronary arteries. And in addition to the very vast heart rate, they can get an ischemic congestive heart failure component. This may occur in utero with intrauterine supraventricular tachycardia, probably the number one cause of fetal hydrops in developed countries where RH incompatibility has been virtually eliminated. The number one issue is to get them out of SVT. Some children will break spontaneously. Others require vagal maneuvers or an intravenous injection of adenosine at a dose of 0.1 milligrams per kilogram with an increase to 0.2 milligrams per kilogram for subsequent doses if the initial medication is not sufficient. For a few where the adenosine is not effective, external cardioversion may be required. Some children with a relatively short reentry window may not develop supraventricular tachycardia again. These children are usually followed with medications such as beta blockers for a year or so, and if no further episodes occur, the medicine is discontinued. For some children with a larger reentry window, the supraventricular tachycardia can be terminated, but within moments they go back into the abnormal rhythm. 
This group may be particularly difficult to treat. Medications, usually beta blockers such as sodalol, a beta blocker with class three antiarrhythmic effects, or flecainide, a class one C antiarrhythmic, or both drugs in combination, may be necessary to change the refractory period sufficiently so they don't go back into the abnormal rhythm. These children may be problematic, and a consultation with a pediatric cardiac electrophysiologist is probably the best approach. This concludes our video on clinical presentation of congenital heart disease in the first week of life, arrhythmias. Please continue with the next video in this series, clinical presentation of congenital heart disease in the first week of life, cyanosis. Thank you. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.